Be part of an innovative fine arts community immersed in a top research university. Carnegie Mellon University's School of Music's world-class vocal department constantly works at the cutting edge of musical art forms. CMU performance faculty are creating projects that leverage musicians' skill sets in unique and applicable ways. Students are challenged to think outside the box as they engage with non-traditional performance spaces, collaboration with electronics, and improvisation, alongside a robust program of traditional studies, languages, recitals, and operas. To learn more about Carnegie Mellon University and to apply, visit the link in the show notes of this episode. This is So Lit Songlit, a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative, where we reimagine the repertoire by introducing less familiar art songs through sound clips and lively discussion. I'm vocal coach Ellen Rissinger. I'm soprano Tony Marie Palmertree. And I'm tenor Zachary Dean Smith. Join us as we explore this exciting repertoire. So lit, so lit, reimagining the repertoire. Most of us have probably heard the name Giancarlo Menotti in our lives. If we haven't sung any of his works, we've probably at least seen a mall because it's done everywhere every Christmas time. Mm-hmm. We've probably heard Monica's Waltz because that's often done the medium, the console. We know who this man is. I should say we know the man's name. So, Zach, what do we know? What do we need to know about who he was as a person? So, I think one of the reasons we want to talk about him is that. Although we know him as an opera composer, he also did compose a small selection of very interesting works for uh, voice and piano as well. But one of the reasons I think that he is worth mentioning in regards to this season is because of his relationship with Samuel Barber. Obviously, a lot has been said about Barber and all of his different works, but I think Menotti gets a little overlooked when it comes to this. They have known each other for most of their lives. Um, they met when they were 17 and 18. Um, the reason that they actually became friends was because Menotti only spoke uh, Italian and limited English when he first came to, I believe it was the Curtis Institute, uh, after his father had died. And he met Barber there, and Barber, being the only one who spoke a little bit of Italian, quickly became his friend, which started a lifelong relationship um, and eventually partnership. Um, in several different contexts. Menotti wrote lyrics for a couple of Barber's operas, and it was, for most of their life, a very fruitful relationship. They knew each other for, I think, 40-ish years before they eventually ended up separating. Okay. And actually, their separation is what led to uh, one of these pieces of music, Canti della Lontananza, or Songs of Longing or Distance. There are seven songs in that set, mm-hmm. all in Italian. Yep, and all written by Menotti. Not just the music, but obviously the lyrics as well. And they paint a bleak picture of what his relationship um, uh, was with Barber towards the end. Barber was plagued with, I believe, alcoholism and depression throughout his life. And this cycle was written just a few years before they separated. 
publicly performed, I will say, several years before they separated. <laughs> By Elizabeth Schwarzkopf. I can't imagine being in a relationship and airing my dirty laundry or the, the difficulties that we had endured in a public setting like right. that. Right. Um, because these are some darker songs. It is all about the distance between Barber and Menotti, the way that depression and alcoholism and loneliness separated the two of them. Yeah, well, for example, the second song, Matinata di Neve. Snowy Morning, I believe, is the translation for that, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful sort of picture of ennui of looking out onto the snow that is falling and just feeling nothing. At that point, um, I believe that Barbara had uh, left physically the house that they shared. And uh, as a result, you can just imagine Minotti sitting there staring out at the world and waiting and hoping that the man he loved would return. Yeah. And when you hear the music, it feels unsettled. It feels unstable, but it also feels kind of hopeless, I would say. You have this B-flat minor chord leading up into a G-flat, which is so crunchy and so sorrowful, but also, like, not, I can't even say melancholic, it's more, like, it. there's nothing. You don't feel... It's a crystalline sort of misery. It's an emptiness. The snowflakes, you can hear them falling and making no sound as they hit the snow. Exactly. And with a melody that's rather Puccini-ish, as the voice starts to rise and it gets up to this high G sharp, it feels like it sort of goes up and it, it goes up on this word, la tua lontananza, your distance, your, your being far away. So he really has this set in a way that really paints the text that he's saying. You can tell the man knows what he's thinking. Which is then set in great contrast to his next piece, entitled The Seventh Glass of Wine. (laughs) 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 Which initially sounds like such like a... It sounds like it's going to be a bit of a funny piece, a little bit of a drunken piece, but it is a bitter piece. (laughs) Um, It is a nasty, quick little thing that is just about all the sort of petty misery that I think he experienced throughout that relationship, which you can definitely hear as you listen to it and you hear him sort of turn over and around the same sort of atonal centers time and time again because he just can't let them go. Especially not after the seventh glass of wine. Il lago la luna si sono capovolti, io fisso un orologio e non so perché. La lampada è un castello, la tenda è una colomba, al fine sono giunto, ma dove non so. The sixth song is called La Lettera. This piece, in particular, tells a very clear story 
of receiving letters from the man that you love and not knowing what's going to be in there. Um, the piece starts off with a depiction of him again staring out a window and seeing the mailman come by and thinking, you know, am I going to get a letter this time? Has the man I love decided to write back to me, or am I still going to be sitting in silence? Hang on. These are the days before email, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a letter is a thing that's written on paper, (laughs) if anyone doesn't know. The postman is the person that comes and brings you junk mail now every day. (laughs) And we see, uh, as he goes through and begins to open this letter, it focuses into the minutia of, like, looking at the letters on the page and how they scrawl across. And then... There's this great moment where it sort of climaxes with he is going to be returning to me and then abject misery. (laughs) He's like, he's coming back and that doesn't fill me with the joy that it should have. Exactly. And this is a moment that is so Puccini-esque to Mm -hmm. me at the very end when he says, how many hours is it going to be until tomorrow? Hmm. Mm. I waited for this all day and this is what I got. And now I have to like try and just deal with myself until tomorrow. Set over this very lengthy vocal line that just holds the notes out for as long as you can imagine. Exactly. And that's the part to me that feels so much like Puccini because it's like, here's my high notes. I'm going to sing up as miserably as I can up on my high notes for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. cycle this music deserves to be done and we only found one other set of songs by Menotti so we have this Canti della Lontananza and we also found a group called Five Songs so I just want to say that Menotti to me feels a little bit like Taylor Swift (laughs) not in musical style but in the context of what he writes about Because, so, you know, uh, Canti della Lontananza is written somewhere in like the 19, early 1960s. So this set of five songs is written in the 1980s. And we're still on these topics. <laughs> like, yep. we're still on them about, you know, poor lovers and, mm-hmm. and all of these same topics. So that's why I say Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> the first song, Eternal Prisoner. I just quickly want to read through. The poem is written by Manotti. Again, all of the words in this whole set of songs. I want to quickly read this one because it's absolutely, it kills you. How can one ape 
the heart. What wound, what memory will ever teach it wisdom? Never again, one says. Then deliberately unlocks the torture chamber and smiles at the executioner. And I don't know about you, but I have goosebumps running up and down my body as she said that last line. Smiles at the executioner. It's amazing. I mean, the words will just absolutely annihilate you in every single one of these pieces. So the words alone are worth it. And I mean, how many of us have not been in a relationship at least at one point in our life that was so miserable and we still every day got up and we're like oh but honey (laughs) (laughs) make it work make it work exactly (laughs) or we're happy to see the guy the next day and you're like oh god (laughs) (laughs) yes uh, and the writing is is very dark it's very almost sounds like the tosca moment where the drumbeat is leading you to the executioner um Mm -hmm. as the poetry leads you to in the end uh spoiler alert and i actually (laughs) In case you haven't heard of Tosca. Yeah. <laughs> For me, this actually, with the with the 12-8-ness of it, with that, that rolling motion of it, it actually feels very much like Il Tabarro. Oh, yes, I agree. Yes. There's something about it. And he does a very usual Menotti thing where he keeps, he, you have the, the, you're chunking along with the chords. And then as soon as the chord changes, he has a tenuto marking over it. So he wants you to feel like that little bit of pull out of the key that's going to pull you back up into the key back again. Mm-hmm. his music to me feels Puccini-ish in a Minotti way and I feel like these this piece specifically feels very much like any of his own operas as well mm-hmm. so I think these kinds of songs would be a great lead up first for a young singer who's interested in some of his operas to think about something in this smaller vein because the songs are only about three pages long yeah they're very accessible Fairly easy to learn, and yeah, I yeah. agree. So if that one is the slow one, what <laughs> happens with idle gi- the idle gift, the second one we're talking about? Yeah, so this one uh, is a, a bit more difficult to learn um, against the the piano part, for sure. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it absolutely goes back to, um, you mentioned in that previous song about, you know, waiting hours for the next day. We're sort of back to this topic again, the end of this poem, you know, your easy words and kisses neither burned nor stung. You left me at dawn on a dreamless bed. Wow, is that disappointing? (laughs) 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 To say the least. (laughs) Um, the, The music, however, is not disappointing. And I feel like it takes you on a journey through 
okay, we're trying out this new love. How's it going to go? But in the end, it's just disappointing like everybody else. <laughs> exactly. Or every other time. Yes. Yes. Every other time. And yes. I would say with the music, this is the one that to me feels like the telephone. Mm-hmm. It has a very strong harmonic basis, but there's a lot of finger work in the right hand and the left hand is sort of plunking along and it goes very chromatically within that, but it still has a strong basis and tonality. And that's kind of what makes me think of like Lucy's aria. songs are available each as their own separate set so we will post links to that in the in the show notes and my question now would be if we are going to sing these song cycles do we need to have a certain level to be able to sing the Canti della Lontananza do we need to have a certain level to sing the five songs or are these something that we could give to beginners or young singers I would say some operatic training would be necessary especially for the later parts of Kanti simply because they get big and if you don't know how to hold that and sing that properly you're not going to be able to get the proper effect but some of the earlier ones are more a little bit about diction and speed um, and are a little bit simpler even so I think you would definitely want slightly older singers it's not beginning material for these at least mm -hmm. for Kanti. I find that the poetry is not impressionistic in style where you're just singing about the colors of the sky, you know, this and that. So they're, they're very approachable as an exercise on how to deliver a message. So for a younger singer, that's a great lesson to work on. And also for more established singers, these would be great to put on a recital because you can actually say something and, and deliver a message to your audience that they can feel like they connect with. Musical clips for this episode were performed by soprano Tony Marie Palmertree, tenor Zachary Dean Smith, and pianist Ellen Rissinger, and recorded at Morningstar Studios in Norristown, Pennsylvania. Purchase information for the scores discussed in this episode are available in the show notes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find this podcast. Episodes drop every first, third, and fifth Thursday of each month. So Lit, Songlit is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about their network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org slash podcasts. Are you craving incredible song recitals? Are you interested in a behind-the-scenes view into professional songmaking at the highest levels of artistry? Are you looking to develop your own artistic and entrepreneurial skills as a classical musician in this ever-changing 21st century landscape? 
If you found yourself saying yes to any of those questions, look no further than Cincinnati Song Initiative's week-long program, The Fellowship of the Song. Taking place this year from May 19 through 26, The Fellowship brings together some of the country's brightest song performers and teachers for a week of classes, concerts, and study events. And we invite you to join us as an auditor, either in person in Cincinnati or online wherever you may be located. When you join the fellowship as an auditor, you gain instant access to the entire week's events and can go back and relive the magic through HD video recordings of each and every session. To learn more about this incredible new opportunity, visit CincinnatiSongInitiative.org audit.